Welcome to the Joe Watt Podcast. I am Joe Vendramini from the Range Cattle Research and Education Center. And today our guest is Mr. Alan Smith from the Southern Accent Ranch. Alan, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for being here, Joe. We're sure uh, glad you came to the ranch. You're very welcome being here. And, and Alan, I would like to ask you please to give us some background information about yourself and your operation. You know, Joe, uh, we're purebred Brangus breeders. Uh, we've been breeding Brangus for 23 years now. My wife, Nikki, and I started this thing with five heifers. We've really been data-driven from the first day. We, uh, we spend uh, days weighing babies, and I'm talking about catching a calf, standing on a scale, getting an actual birth weight within 24 hours. 205-day uh, weights are, um, are very important to us, and also our weaning and ultrasound data. Uh, your, own, your cattle are only as good as the data you take, so real data means, means a lot to us, and uh, we've spent a lot of years doing that. We've also had an extensive AI program for the for the 20-something years. Uh, about 75 to 80 percent of our cattle every year are AI-sired cattle. So that's that's our uh, purebred herd in a nutshell, Jeff. Okay. And Alan, uh, I would like you please to share with us how you uh, differentiate the numbers and the visual of the bulls and how you balance those traits on your purebred bulls. You know, Joe, in early years we... Uh, we just rode out in the pasture. We looked at our data. We uh, priced bulls just by looking. Today, we now have a computer program that we uh, we have values with certain values of the cattle. So we put in all their EPDs, all their ultrasound data. Um, the computer gives us a price on these bulls um, with the program we have. Now that price doesn't always fit the bull, so we go out in the pasture. Once we've uh, got a price, we go out in the pasture, and this bull on paper may be worth $4,000, but phenotypically, he may not look that price. Then again, we may have a bull that uh, only only on paper prices for $3,000, but phenotypically, he's a really good-looking bull. So we use the computer, we use visual, and, and we also use the traits that most of our cattlemen here would like. They like low birth weight calves, and they like high weaning weights because the majority of our cattle buy, our bull buyers are going to be selling calves at weaning. So those are the two traits we put the most, the most value on when we price our bulls on the computer. And, and Alan, so you just mentioned about the, the weaning weights and yearling weights. So, um, so you think that your buyers, when they come here, that's the main focus. They um, want to grow. You know, um, we have two different kind of buyers. We have buyers that want to see data. They look at the weaning weights, and, and some of them even look at yearling weights, and birth weights obviously is always really big. Uh, but we have some of these buyers that are more aggressive that maintain some ownership of some calves. And then we have those same buyers that don't maintain ownership, but sell wean cash by the semi-loads. And we all know the more those cash weigh at weaning, that 205-day average weight, they bring more money. Then we have our older, old-time cattle people that are just looking at phenotype. They really don't understand EPDs, and we really, we really try to explain that. And we have a system where we 
to to not try to push an EPD on somebody, we we have a system where we tell them how they rank in the breed. So the bull they're looking at may rank in a 30% of the Brangus breed for a certain trait, or the 10%, or he may be in the bottom 90%. So we use that to sell bulls to explain to people that don't understand the EPDs that well. And do you believe that when you focus too much on that um, winning weight and yearling weight, so for somebody that is uh, retaining ownership and, and developing heifers, let's say, is that, do you think, affecting the size of the cow herd? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. A lot of those people are, are um, the, the more aggressive guys are really looking at, and I said aggressive, I meant progressive. The more progressive guys are looking at also some milk numbers and some total maternal and things like that. So they're retaining those calves. And I tell these buyers, the best way to build your cow herd up is to buy the best bull you can buy. Now, if you're not retaining heifers, then you're looking for higher weights, weaning weights, and yearling weights. If you're retaining heifers and trying to in, in, in make your cow herd better, you need to look farther down the road, total maternal, cavities direct, um, milk numbers. Those numbers mean a lot to those replacement heifers. So, and, and as we all know, a lot of people don't look at it, but scrotal size on a bull, if you're retaining heifers, those larger scrotal size bulls, those, the, the heifers that are sired by that bull are going to be more fertile females than the smaller scrotal bulls. We know that for a fact. And, and Alan, can you tell us a little bit about your low birth weight program? You know, we were blessed uh, in 2011. We purchased a bull called Catawba Warrior. And at that, that year, he was a top AI sire in the Brangus breed. There were more calves registered out of that bull than any bull. He, he was a low birth weight bull with high growth numbers, high yearling weight, weaning weights, big milk numbers, big total maternal. So he really made a he really made a, a mark in our herd, and we raised a bull. We call him 419T. He's a he is a Sundance son out of a uh, Brightside Picasso daughter. Today he's number five in the breed for low birth weight out of about 3,000 bulls in the Brangus breed. His cattle, his calves are small, tiny. My wife calls them little black packages. They're little bitty teddy bear looking calves at 65 pounds. And we wean them at 650 at an average 205 day weight. We have crossed these two, two genetics and are building some bulls that are three quarter brothers that are all low birth weight. And they are really doing a job here at the ranch. We are just so blessed to have this cross. And, uh, and they are, they are spot the, uh, the accuracy on these calves with our uh, years of data. Uh, we can guarantee these cattle are going to give you low birth weight. We love we love to we love to sell them to people that have used other breeds uh, and have never used a Brangus on their heifers, and these Brangus bulls will give you low birth weight low birth weight calves, guaranteed. And and Alan, there is a conversation among the breeders and most of the breeds, but Brangus is one of them that. Uh, it's a, a, a challenge to, to keep the, the roses in the herd, you know, to get new blood and to, to get that going. So what is your, your thought? You know, we, we, have, we have seen that. And when you keep using the same genetics, 
over and over we, we do see we don't get the heterosis. So we have gone out and we're using some new, new blood right now. We just uh, semen tested a group of bulls a few days ago uh, with some of those, uh, some of the new genetics we brought into the herd and very pleased with the weights we're getting. And, and we all have to go out and find new genetics. Um, that's, a, that's a thing that we have found here in 20-something years of breeding Brangus. We have to find new genetics that are going to give us uh, that heterosis that we need. And then new genetics, you mean you need to go out of state or you, even out of the country? I don't know. Joe, yeah, uh, out of state. And it, I shouldn't say out of state. Anywhere that there's bloodlines, it's not in your herd. We're using a bull called Something Special now, 889 Y2, that's really giving us some great cattle. Uh, you know, we, we're using a bull that came from Salico Valley, that Atlanta bull that's really doing good. We had none of those genetics in the herd. And when you start blending some newer genetics with older genetics, um, it really, it's a, as a good friend of mine, and a veterinarian in uh, Texas, told me, we call it a genetic explosion. When you see that happen in the cow herd, you realize things are working. When those, when those weaning weights go over 700 pounds and those yearling weights go to 1350, you know you've done something right when you, when you brought those genetics into the herd. And do you believe that there is a necessity of uh, um, creating a Brangus from scratch again uh, with the Brahman and Angus and then, you know, having that new animal in the herd? And, you know, we, we have a bull here now that we bought that's a first generation that's really got, in fact, we're keeping one of his offspring this year that's uh, 16 months old who's got great EPDs and, and great uh, growth data. I think... Everybody in the Brangus breed now should be looking. Now, I'm not saying get rid of all your second, third, and fourth generation animals, uh, your bulls, but I think it would really be great to bring in at least one or two first generation animals and look at what's going on with those calves. And you're going to see some, as I just said, genetic explosion. It's something that, that will pop out. You're going to see it. Absolutely. And what is your opinion about the Ultra Blacks? Uh, Joe, you know, we tried some ultra blacks here, and we're not raising any ultra blacks, but ultra blacks have their place in the world. Here in South Florida, where I'm, I'm at, uh, we need that 3H Brahmin influence. We do. Now, when you go north, north of I-10 and back that way, that, that takes some of the ear out. They don't have the, the summers we have, the water, the mosquitoes, all the bugs, everything we deal with, um, that 3H Brahmin influence really makes these cattle hardy. And, and, uh, and it didn't work for me, but it will work. It is working. We know that. We see that uh, just north of South Florida. Um, I'm, I'm breeding for a South Florida market more than a North Florida, North Georgia, South Georgia, South Alabama, that. And those ultra blacks will work there. And there's some first generations out there now that are beautiful cattle, uh, there's some really good cattle out there. So do you think that the, the Ultra Blacks are giving us a little better carcass than the, the Brangos, or what do you uh, think is the main advantage? You know, uh, I think it's market value, I think when you take a little bit of that ear out, mm. especially up uh, northwest down here, uh, that that's those cattle are bringing maybe a little bit more money, those calves a little less, less ear. Mm -hmm. uh, we raised some cattle down here that would that would look like an ultra black. We have some clean 
made brangus that you wouldn't know weren't ocean blacks. Mm -hmm. But uh, but really and truly, um, there there's a market for them, and there's a lot of people capitalizing. We're just a little far south of that, I think. Okay. Joe, one thing I want to tell you we're doing here, uh, talking about heterosis. You know, we've started AI in some of our registered brangus cows to some registered brafer bulls. So we're we're raising some black baldies that are that are registered, have registration papers, we have data on that are half Brayford, half Brangus that are really working out. We've been this is our third year, third set of calves, and uh, they are working out. So for heterosis for us, in our commercial we have a commercial herd of uh, Brayford Brangus Cross, but now I'm raising some 50-50. We're making sure it's 50% Brayford, 50% Brangus. And that's really working for us also. So, and you are marketing the, the F1 bulls? That is correct. We have started with, this is our second year to have F1 high freight high brangus black baldy bulls for sale. That is very interesting. Yeah, they're yes. great cattle. We're really, we're really tickled with them. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, Alan, we are going towards the end of our interview here. Before we finish, I ask some of the people that participate in the podcast, what is their hobby? What do they like to do on the extra time? A lot of people just tell me that they don't have any extra time. Well, you know, we uh, we enjoy fishing. My wife and I fish. Uh, we enjoy being on the water. Uh, I used to hunt a lot. I don't have the time anymore. But uh, our hobby now is being on the boat and being out in the water, and that's where we're most at ease. That's our vacation, even just to go out on Lake Okeechobee or, or down in the Keys fishing. We, that's what we love to do. Okay. Alan, I would like to thank you again for participating in the podcast. I am Joe Vendramini. Joe what? <laughs>